uh, Faith Baptist Church there in Moore. A good friend of mine, uh, pastors at church, we helped them get started uh, about four years ago. And uh, uh, had a good time preaching there, but I can say this, there's no place like home. And I uh, missed my church this morning. Um, and the girls were singing, and, and uh, they said, man, you girls have gotten so big. And uh, they haven't seen them in, you know, three or four years. So, uh, but it was good to see old friends and, uh, uh, and to be there at the services. I do appreciate your prayers. I do appreciate Brother Danny filling in for me this morning. He's always a blessing, I know. And uh, so let's go ahead and get started, see what the Lord has for us this evening. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your, your grace. And Lord, we ask tonight for your presence to be in our presence. Lord, I ask that you be with the teenagers tonight as they sing and uh, play. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, uh, give them peace and comfort. And Lord, calm their nerves. And Lord, I pray that you give them a good time uh, tonight as they worship you. And Lord, I ask tonight that uh, if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just speak to our hearts this evening as we preach the Word of God. And Lord, give us something from your Word. We need you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Turn it over to the teens.
If you'll now open your songbooks and turn to page 418, we'll sing the first, the fourth, and the last.
minute and welcome one ever tonight.
you thankful that he knows your name Amen. name written in the lamb's book of life i'm thankful for that i do appreciate again you being here this evening and do appreciate uh, uh, all the prayers and and uh, uh brother danny for filling in i've heard many compliments already had a, a good message this morning brother danny i haven't got to hear it yet uh, but i will be listening to it and looking forward to hearing uh, what the Lord had to say through Brother Danny this morning. And uh, again, appreciate you being here tonight. Appreciate the teens. And I, I, want the, I, want, I like to see them using their talents for the Lord. And uh, I only have one disappointment tonight. I won't mention any names. But it's over in this area right here. Two young men sitting in between my two daughters right there. This, yeah, but no, I appreciate them. They, uh, they must have not had the opportunity to get their instruments. That's your story and you're sticking to it, right? 
Now I appreciate them, and they they play uh, they they play together very well, and I appreciate these them young men as well. Appreciate everyone that had part tonight in the service, and uh, I thank you for being here. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter number nine tonight. Hebrews chapter number nine, and uh, we're going to read a few verses here in Hebrews chapter number nine, uh, starting in verse five. The Bible says. And over it were the cherubims over of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once a year, every year, not without, uh, without blood, which he offered for himself and for the uh, heirs of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest uh, of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure uh, for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him uh, that did service perfect as pertaining to the conscious, which stood only in the meats and drinks and diverse, wash, uh, diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposing on them until the time of reformation. But Christ being come uh, a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made of with hands, that is to say not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for, for us. For if the blood of bulls and go, of goats and the ashes of heifer sprinkled uh, the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit have offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience with from dead works to serve the living God. Uh, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they uh, which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the tester, testator. For the testament is a force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all whilst the tester liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every uh, uh, precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats and water uh, and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people." saying, This is the blood of the, the testament, which God hath en enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is, uh, uh, shedding blood is no remission. It was nece therefore necessary that the, the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves which better sacrifice than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the, the figure of the, the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. 
Not, nor yet that he should offer himself often as a high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many... And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for your love, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for uh, providing salvation to mankind. And Lord, I thank you for all that you do for us. Tonight I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, that you would anoint my lips. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, speak to each heart tonight. Let us see some things uh, uh, from your word. And Lord, I pray that you would be glorified and magnified in all that's said and done. Lord, I pray that we would draw nigh to you as you draw nigh to us. In Jesus' name, amen. We live in a day that is uh, ever-changing. We're also living in a day that uh, there are some things that many people feel like they can't live without. If you ask a teenager, they can't live without their phone. I mean, they, they, can't, they always have their phones in their hands, right? Uh, also, they can't live without the Internet. They feel like, uh, you know, if they're going down the road and they don't have Internet for a few minutes, I'm telling you what, they're, they're going crazy because uh, they, they don't have the Internet. Uh, you know, and then music. Music's another thing. They feel like, man, if I don't have music, I have to have music playing all the time. I, I've got my uncle. He's always got earbuds in when he's helping me, and he's like, I have to have my music. That's, that's, I have to have it. And I, I said, you don't have to have it. And, uh, but anyways, uh, phones and uh, what about electricity? How in the world do we make it without electricity? You know, I mean, a few years, uh, not too many years ago, some of you in here, um, Brother Ed's the oldest man I know. Uh, but uh, anyways, I, I think you could probably remember days without electricity in your house probably. And, uh, you know, so maybe some others can remember those days. But, uh, but without these things, we think, how in the world is it possible to even live without these things? Well, we have that thought that there's things that we can't live without, such as electricity and phone and internet and other things. However, it's sad that people don't feel the same thing, the same way about spiritual things. They don't feel like if they don't have their Bible reading in, they just don't know how they're going to make it. If they just, if they don't go to church, they don't know how to make it. Uh, if they don't have, uh, if they haven't commune with God they just are not going to make it and uh, what about tithing and I, I just can't make it if I don't tithe we don't think of those things in spiritual realms like if I don't have this if I don't do this I just don't know how I'm going to make it but spiritually that's so I mean if we don't if we're not in our in God's word every day then spiritually we're not going to make it and if we're not if we're not uh, communing with God we're going to fail miserably you know, riches, many, many feel that they cannot do without money. Uh, you see, it's no sin to have, it's not sin to have great, a great deal of money and, and possessions and things like that. It becomes sin when those things have us. Riches can lead to many things such as pride, forgetting God, denying God, forsaking God, rebelling against God, rejecting Christ as the rich young ruler, self-sufficiency, worry, Violence, oppression, fraud, and even uh, sensual indulgences. 
Jesus summarized it well this way. He said, life consists not in the abundance of the thing man possesses. You know, Jesus, what he was saying there is don't build your, don't build your life around things. We should build our lives around the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, riches certainly cannot redeem the soul and it cannot deliver in the day of judgment and God's wrath. It's not going to happen. It doesn't matter. Listen to me. Bill Gates and all his riches is not going to buy his way into heaven. See, that's why the songwriter put it this way. He said, take the world, take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Others feel like they can't live without worldly fame. Some of the dearest saints of God that I know, I mean, they're not famous uh, in this present world system. They're not famous in that. But your name, the girl saying, but he knows my name. Your name may not be on the billboards in this world, but when you got saved, your name was written in the your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you listen to me, you have a name. God knows your name. See, if the Lord does not know your name, you cannot be identified as one of his own. Fame is one of those fleeting things. I mean, many of us can you heard of the one hit wonders? You know, those things that are one day you're on top of the world, the next day you're gone. I mean, no one even remembers you. And uh, flame is, or fame is a fleeting thing, and, and we need to live with eternity in sight, in our view. Now, I've observed through the years some folks in churches doing anything to do to become popular and to bring in the crowds and, and to bring in friends and be popular among people, but... Can I tell you, I think we would be wise to seek the favor of God rather than the favor of man. We need to build on things eternal and and hold to God's unchanging hand. Tonight I'm going to look just uh, four or five things tonight uh, at some of the things that we can't go without. Some things that we can't go without. And number one, the first thing is the blood. Can I tell you, we can't live without the blood. And I'm not talking about our blood. I'm talking about the shedding of blood when Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary and died for our sins. The Bible says in in verse 22 of chapter number 9, it says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is, uh, is no remission. The greatest need of man is to have his sins forgiven. To have his sins remitted or to have his sins paid for. Our verse here in verse 22 tells us without the shedding of blood there is no remission of our sin. The same Greek New Testament word for remission uh, is translated several times forgiveness. We need the forgiveness, the remission of our sins. We need the forgiveness of our sins. Man is born with a problem called sin. And until it is dealt with through the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's the only way can our sins be forgiven or remitted. That's the only way that it can be happened through the blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that Jesus Christ did there on the cross of Calvary. Sin will stand in the way of man knowing God personally. Having your sins forgiven is one thing that better be taken care of in this life. We all know uh, uh, we will eventually die. It's, it's a fact of life. Every person in here, uh, I hope it's not a new thing. It's going to surprise you, but we're all going to die. We're all going to die. So we have wills made out and we have living wills to make preparation for that hour. 
uh, when it may come. It's, it's good to do that, and we should take time to uh, participate in that and make sure that everything is, is dealt with, taken care of. But why don't we take time to make preparation as well for time when we leave this world? When we stand for a holy and righteous God. I mean, we, I'm not just talking about salvation, but I'm talking about treasures laid up in heaven. When we stand before a holy and righteous God, why don't we consider those things as we're here on earth? I'd much rather hear the Lord say, Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, than to hear, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. In the Old Testament, their sins, as we read through here, and uh, to break it down, in the Old Testament, their sins were covered once a year. A priest went into the, uh, the holies of holies, and every Old Testament lamb was, uh, was, a, it was a picture of what Christ was to do to cover the sins of the world. And at one t- the, they made the plan, of course, salvation's plan. At the beginning of the foundation of the world, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, uh, they realized that they knew that there had to be a perfect, spotless Lamb of God, a perfect uh, sacrifice to pay for, or to make atonement for the sins of the world. And of course, we know Jesus Christ became that ultimate sacrifice when he died on the cross. Remission is through the riches of His grace. In Ephesians 1, 7 it says, In whom we have redemption through His blood. Folks, it's not in our good works. It's not in our baptism. It's not in uh, being a member of this church. It's not in anything that we could do. It's through the remission through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. It's not because of how good of a person you are. It's through His grace and through His blood. If God were short on grace, then we would have never known forgiveness and remission. God is never deficient when it comes to grace. There's grace for you. There's grace for me. We can rejoice in a God who is rich in grace. Amen. But then I want you to notice also remission is through His name. It's not in Buddha. It's not in Muhammad. It's not in any other name, but, uh, but in the name of Jesus Christ. Acts 10.43 says, To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. It is through his name that we receive the remission of sins. To say it in another way, we are accepted not in what we have done, but in what he has done. You know, it's not because of, hey, you know what? I come to church every week. I tithe every week. I, I, I'm a member of this church. I've been baptized. I've, I sing in the choir. I, I sing specials. I play the piano. I uh, work in the sound booth. I do this and I do that. It's not in the things that you do. It's all in what he has done. Remission means no more offerings. No more sacrifices. In Hebrews 10, 17, it says, And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where, remission of, uh, now where the remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. When your sins are forgiven, there is no more need to bring an offering, a sacrifice to atone for the sins, for your sins. When that atonement was made, it was made once and for all. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, listen to me, if you're saved... If you've been born again, listen, we don't have to offer up sacrifices unto God uh, as far as for our salvation. Now, I believe, Christians, I believe that there are some things we ought to sacrifice. 
I believe that we need to sacrifice our wills. We need to lay those things upon the altar. We need to get rid of those things, but we don't have to for salvation. That's been paid in full at Calvary. Aren't you glad when we, we don't have to go looking through our, our, our farm and saying, oh, that, that lamb right there, that one oh, that has a blemish on it. Aren't you glad we don't have to go through that and sacrifice those, those lambs anymore? Because Jesus Christ became that ultimate sacrifice. I said it before, but baptism does not save you. Clean living does not save you. Doing good will not save you. Joining this church will not save you. Trying to keep the Ten Commandments will not save you. You must have the blood of Christ applied to your soul. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or no forgiveness. We can turn the statement around and say it like this. With the shedding of blood, there is remission of sins. But number two, I want you to notice this. Of course, we need the blood, but then we need faith. Without faith, we can't please God. Without faith, we can't please God. There in Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. We must live by faith. We walk by faith. We, we, uh, we, we trust Him through faith, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. All of Hebrews chapter number 11, you read it, it's a, a, a divine testimony of, of the lives of people who possessed faith in their lives. Why can we not please God except through faith? Well, faith pleases God because it brings access to Him. Since access to God is open by faith, all who do not have it are objects of God's displeasure. I want to be pleasing to God. So that means I need to live by faith. If I'm, it, folks, if you can see it, it's not faith. Faith is, is the things that we can't see, trusting God and obeying God. Now think about this, when the jailhouse at Philippi collapsed, the jailer went uh, to Paul and Silas and they said this, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? And they said to him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And they were telling the jailer how to get to God. The Bible says of Abraham that he uh, believed God and it was counted unto him to righteousness. Are for righteousness. When Abraham believed God, the Lord took away the unrighteousness that was once on his account and then put on him the righteousness of God. Folks, when you got saved, hey, listen, you, are, you were unrighteous. We're all unrighteous. We're, we're all workers of iniquity. But when we got saved, we put on a new robe of righteousness, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ, not because of what we've done, but all because of what He has done. Amen. That word please means to glorify completely, to, uh, to gratify, gratify completely. God is completely satisfied and gratified when we trust the Son as Savior and take Him as Lord. But then faith pleases God because it will result in the right kind of life. When you have, if you have faith, it will result, you, what you'll see is the right kind of living. The premise of the entire book of James is that saving faith will produce the right kind of works in a person's life. You study it out. We want to do what, uh, what is right because of faith being present in our lives. We don't do right 
in order to be saved. You've heard me say this. We don't do right in order to be saved, but we do right because we are saved. Luke 6.43 says this, for, and the Lord said this, Jesus, he said, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bringeth forth good fruit. James says this in 2.18, he says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. You know, he's saying there, listen, I, I don't do what I do uh, be, in order to be saved. I do what I do because I am saved. See, the right kind of faith produces good works in us. When we have the right kind of faith, it will produce that. Without the blood, there's no remission of sins. Without faith, we cannot please God. But then we need knowledge. Without knowledge, we would fall into sin. Proverbs 19.2 says this, Also that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. And he that hasteneth with his friends, with his feet, sinneth. What should we know about sin to keep us from falling into, uh, falling into sin? Well, sin is transgressions of the law. It is of the devil. It, all unrighteousness is sin. It, it is doing what we shouldn't do. It's not doing what we should do. It's the, full, the thought of foolishness is sin, the Bible says. And all the imaginations of an unrenewed heart are sin. See, we know that, know these things, that sin leads to shame. It always leads to shame. Romans 6, 21 says, What fruit had ye then in those things where, uh, whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. That's speaking of sin in our lives. What fruit had ye then of those things whereof ye are now ashamed? Sin will lead you to do things that at a later time you'll be ashamed of. I can tell you in my own life, when I do something, I, I look back and I thought, oh, I hope no one finds out about that. Anybody else out there? Don't leave me up here standing alone. Anybody else have that in your life? And you think, you get mad, and you're hoping that a deacon's not there watching you. Or you're walking, and you're, you stub your toe, and you're like, Ugh! and you start saying something that you shouldn't say, and then the pastor walks up, and he hears you say something, and you think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm telling you, I catch people doing that all the time. You know what happens? I was talking to my wife today, and I told her, I said, you know what happens? Every time you miss church, for not a good reason, but you miss church, guess what? You're going to see the pastor that day. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It happens all the time. I see people, they, they miss church, and they're, then they, I just see them out to eat or see them at a restaurant or, uh, or at a grocery store or something, and, and they look at me like, Hi. Yeah. You know, God says, forsake not the assembly of ourselves together in a manner some is. And we still should be in God's house. Knowledge. Without knowledge, we would fall into sin. Sin leads to shame. You know, I, I say this. I've always said this. Sin will cost us more than we want to pay. It will keep us longer than we want to stay. And it will take us further than we want to go. Sin leads to unrest. Think about this. It's true. In, in Psalms 38.3, There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither there is there any rest in my bones because of sin. 
Sin will lead to unrest. I can tell you when there's sin not dealt with in my life, you know what? There's some unrest. There's no peace there. There's no... Why is that? Because sin, that sin is on your mind. It's running through your mind. You're not going to have rest. Sooner or later, it will catch up with you. Be sure your sins will find you out. No one is troubled. Listen to this. No one is troubled like a person who has let sin have its way in their life. Sin brings us more trouble in our lives than it is worth, no matter what shape or form it takes. Listen, folks, sin is not worth it. It is good to be able to live for God. Let Him control our lives and lie down at night with peace in our hearts towards Him. But then also notice, you know what sin leads to diseases. Proverbs, or Psalms 38, 7 says, For my loins are filled with loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. The road to sinful and fleshly pleasure may look good and may be pleasing to the sight, but can I tell you this? You know why we're pleased to those things? You know why those things... Because it pleases the flesh. And we live in the flesh. And I'm telling you, those worldly things, they appeal to the flesh and they draw us in. You know why? Because we're feeding the flesh. We're feeding the flesh. And it leads to diseases. Eternal separation from God. So many have waited too late to take heed to God's warnings. There are many incurable diseases which are being transmitted because of ungodly acts. I don't need to go further into that. But then I want you to notice number four. We need confidence. Confidence. Without confidence in God, we would be filled with fear. Wouldn't we? Wouldn't we be filled with fear? Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and began to prophesy as a part of what he said was this. He said there in Luke 1.74 that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Folks, when we have God, we have confidence in our God, there's no fear in our hearts. You know, everything around us, the world is falling apart. But when we have confidence in the God that we serve, the God Jehovah Jireh, and listen to me, when we have confidence in Him that He will provide, that He will take care of us, there's no need to worry. There's no need to fear. There's no need to fret. Why? Because God is in control. You cannot serve God effectively and walk in fear of every kind of thing that may come your way. Folks, I don't care if the world ends. I don't care if we get taken. I, I mean, in a way, I do care, but I'm not fearful of those things. Why? Because God is in control. I remember when I was, I was younger, I was just a little boy, and believe it or not, I was little at one time. But we would go out, and this, this friend of mine, he was afraid of everything in the world. We went out one night, and we were, we were making us a little campsite, you know, I mean, just out of sticks, and we had some covers and stuff like that. And this guy was afraid of his own shadow. Well, one night, he saw a shadow of some sort, or he saw it in his mind. And so he just took off running home. Just took off running home. He got just maybe 15 steps down the way, and he fell down. And he busted his lips, skinned up his arms, and he got hurt. Now, there wasn't anything there. He was scared of his own shadow. Can I tell you, Christians live in fear today. 
They're so fearful, but there's no need to worry, no need to fear, because God is in control. When it comes to our enemies, God is in charge, folks. Have you ever heard someone say over someone's grave, he didn't have, a, he didn't have an enemy in the world? Anybody ever heard that? Didn't have an enemy in the world. Well, if that's the case, they probably didn't live for God right. God can handle our enemies. Folks, when you're a Christian, you're going to have opposition. You're going to be faced with people. I know the Bible says that we need to uh, try to strive for, uh, to live uh, uh, kindly with each other and, and things such as that. But you're going to have enemies. People that aren't, don't like the things of God. They're, it's going to happen. But when it comes to our enemies, God can handle our enemies. Israel went to battle in the name of the Lord, and guess what? God won their battles. When it comes to events, God's in charge. Sickness, jobs, family troubles, you name it, whatever. God's in charge of those things. When it comes to energy, our power, God's in charge. The Bible says, but ye shall receive power. We can't do anything without the Lord's help. And when he's involved, let me tell you, the great and mighty things which thou knowest not will happen. Then the last thing here, I believe it's the last thing, is chastisement. We need chastisement. Why do we need, you say, Pastor, why do we need chastisement? The reason I thank, I thank the Lord for times that God whips me, takes me behind the woodshed. You know, uh, you know why, why I thank the Lord for that? Because it proves that I'm his son. The Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 8, But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are ye per, are partakers, then ye are, are, are ye then bastards and not sons. His correction comes out of love. Sometimes we think when God corrects us, when God puts things in our lives and, and He's correcting us, we think, does He love me? Of course He loves you. Think about when you, and I know this is, we can't ever compare ourselves to God, but the best example we can, but think about when you disciplined your child. Was it because you hated them? I spanked my kids, I enjoyed it, but no, I, I spanked my kids because I loved them. I, I disciplined them, I chastened them because I loved them, because I didn't want them to do that again. I, wanted, I was looking out for their best interest. You know what? God does that to us. He takes us behind the woodshed oftentimes. Because he loves us and he proves his love to us and he shows us that we are his child. Proverbs tells us this, that a person who really loves their child will correct them. Correct them be times, the Bible says. But then also his correction comes to all of us. To all of us. The Bible says he scourges every son whom he receiveth. Folks, let me tell you, if you're living in sin, you're not being chastened. I would question if you're saved or not. Because God, listen to me, God does scourge every son whom he receiveth. But then his, chase, his chastisement is for our profit. The Bible says in Hebrews 12.10, for our profit. For our profit. You know, the reason why those things happen to us, those reason why he chastens us is because it's for our profit, for our good. But then his correction will produce positive results if we will give the proper response. If we'll give the proper response, it'll produce positive results. Hebrews 12, 11 says this, 
Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. It doesn't, you know, we don't like it, but grievous. Nevertheless, after yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are, are exercised thereby. In conclusion tonight, there are some things that we need as Christians. What, what, are, what is it that we need? We need the blood. We need the blood. Without the blood, there's no remission of sins. We need faith. Without faith, we can't please God. Without knowledge, we would fall into sin. God's word shows us how to live the life that we should live. But then without confidence in God, we would be filled with fear. We'd be filled with fear. And then the last thing, without chastisement, we would not have proof of sonship. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed tonight. As we prepare for our invitation time, I'm going to just ask you, how about you? What are some things that you feel like I just can't live without? First things that will come to our mind, maybe our phones, maybe our cars, maybe our houses. But what about spiritually? What are some things that we can't live without? Well, we can't live without the blood. We can't live without faith. There are some things that we just can't live without as far as the Christian realm goes. We need Him. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar and just obey the Lord as He has dealt with your heart. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you would do a work in our invitation time. Speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, we'll give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet as Lizzie begins to play? God spoke to your heart. I'm going to ask you to be obedient. Maybe it's, maybe it's the fact I, I, I just kind of touched on it, but do you feel like you can go through the day without reading your Bible? Do you feel like you can go through the day without communing and, and praying to God? Folks, and that's, that's, a, that's a big issue. If you feel like you can do that, there's something wrong in your walk with the Lord. I'm not here to say that you're not saved. I'm here to say that your walk with God is not right. It's not, it's not fresh. It's not what God desires it to be. So you examine your life and see.
you. You may be seated. I do have one, a few announcements as the men come and take up this morning's or this evening's tithes and offerings. I want to remind you the 27th, isn't it right, Brother Tim? The 27th uh, at 8.30. Uh, the 27th at 8.30, there's a softball game. It's a makeup softball game, and uh, it's a, the last regular season game, and then the tournament starts. So if you'd like to come out and root on the, our team and have a good time, you come the 27th uh, and uh, root the guys on. And then uh, July the 30th, that's this next Sunday, we're going to have the Lord's Supper in our AM service. We'll have a pitch-in dinner afterwards, and then we'll have a short afternoon service and no p.m. service that evening. So just want to remind you of that. And then August the 5th, there's a church fellowship here at the church. It's going to be from 5 to 8, just asking you to bring some finger foods, and uh, we'll have a great time. We'll have some games and just enjoy the fellowship with your, uh, your church family here. All right, that's all the announcements that I have. I'm going to ask Brother Luke, sir, would you please ask a blessing? stand and close in word of prayer and uh, I'm going to ask brother Mike sir would you close this sir